0: Good morning, gentlemen. Here, Tony feels like he's in the middle. He feels like he's in the
1: middle.
0: Joined by my co-host, Tony Maritato, Dave Kittle, I'm Drew McKay, and this is Breakfast Club PT in the morning. When else would you do Breakfast Club? It has to be in the morning. We have a loaded show, so usually I start off with some banter. No banter today, gentlemen. Let's dive right into this. And the first one I want to bring up, I like, and I think Tony likes, and I think Dave likes, we look for the edges. We look for threads to pull. When people are really, really mad, I want to know why. And I want to go, but is it like that? So the first one, there was some rage. And we can get into whether the rage is planned or not, because sometimes rage is planned. But uh, a situation with everybody's favorite. Redhead popped up just this week. Loving the pigtails. uh, Wendy's. And here's an an excerpt uh, from a press release. Uh, it, it had come out, well, they released a statement saying that their digital menu boards would uh, could allow uh, them to change menu offerings at different times of the day and offer discounts and value offers to their customers. Now, this is a response because there were so many media reports that took this idea. And I think if this is sort of a faux pas where Wendy's might have went wrong, but maybe they're geniuses, Um. They, The media, the media, we're the media, you're the media, sort of twisted it and then threw the words surge pricing on it, which is very familiar terminology if you've ever used an Uber or a Lyft, right? And people understand supply and demand. And for some reason, though, psychology, we sort of don't have beef with it when it's for ubers because we're like well there's people out there and there's a big demand and they should get paid more because we need more drivers but as soon as it's shifted to food fast food in particular people lost their minds so let's just do a first take round on the situation because this thing played out rather quickly the idea came out and then of course now that there's there's no distance between the customer and them transmitting their messages of, of approval or disapproval, uh, initial reaction, first take from, uh, from this situation, Tony, and I'll give mine.
1: My, my, my initial reaction was I loved it because it confirmed my biases that everybody should be doing this. Like we right. live in a day and age that we don't have to wait. We can make changes instantly. And the more agile a business can become right. the better their service. You know, the whole idea behind surge pricing for Uber is, if we don't raise prices when there's high demand, we can't serve the people that need it. Plus, we don't, we lose the capacity. So yeah. I think it was an awesome idea. I think it was perfect.
0: I also want to give a nod to Tony because you threw out a suggestion or a question to people in a Facebook group or online about this for healthcare and in particular physical therapy. This was a couple of weeks ago. And I remember I, I said yes. And the idea there was, is a Tuesday at one o'clock in the afternoon time slot with your physical therapist or healthcare care provider, um, is that more or less valuable than one maybe at 8.30 a.m. before work or 5.45 after work? And people pay for access. People pay extra for value. This is an up upsell. So you had thrown that out, and it was met with similar... Uh, two ends of the bell curve: absolute rage and absolute uh, uh, love. So, a nod to Tony for sort of predicting that. Dave, first take on Wendy's, everybody's favorite redhead.
2: I I love it. Uh, I think it's it's certainly interesting, and um, I don't know why people get upset when Uber did it, or at least mm-hmm. did people did. People get upset when Uber first started it, or when they first started
0: it. But then they sort of so keep going. But yeah, I think they there was initial rage and then a long tail.
2: Is Yeah, I was going to ask, like, is the outrage with Wendy's more than what it was with Uber? Because, I mean, a lot of people use Uber, but is Wendy's more ubiquitous and more people use it? Of food and food is like a, a, a right as opposed to Uber where it's like a nice to have and like it's more of like, uh, I don't know, like like an upgrade of life kind of thing. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It, it, I think it touched a nerve because it was food. I think people, rightfully so, also we're all agree. We're like, well, people with low income—that's their. That could be one of their food sources. I would also counter with there are other things like uh, Golden Arches and BK and KFC and Taco Bell. So, and but w- with Uber there was Lyft, but there are also those things uh, in New York anyway. They're yellow and they drive around all over the place. So there, there are there are alternatives, and this is a free market. If you don't like it there's the there's the there's the option um so i i don't know i remember when i remember a little bit foggy wise when when uber announced this but then it was sort of like listen this is so we can pay our drivers so they pointed to a human and then people were like oh okay well drivers are people and we're people so we like people not companies
1: yeah and i think there's more history behind wendy's as soon as jimmy said the word change like everything after that goes out the window. Nobody here. Nobody hears the rest of the story. Yep. Um. One of my favorite. Now he's been somewhat discredited from what I heard in some of the articles that I read. But I remember years ago, reading and looking at TED talks about pricing psychology and communication. Dan, and I know Dave. You know this. Dan, a really really. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I don't know that. Yep. Okay.
1: He uh, I, he was a professor somewhere, did all this research. And basically he talks about like the whole idea behind, you know, if, if somebody wants me to drive them to the airport and it's a friend of mine or a family member, like I'm happy to do it. I'm doing it for the reward of, you know, feeling good about doing something nice for somebody. But if somebody says, I'm going to pay you $10, well, no, it's never worth $10 to drive somebody to the airport. And it turns it into this transactional uh, relationship now and it devalues everything. And, and I think when you look at this whole Wendy's pricing thing, again, it's like chicken or the egg. So are we discounting making a happy hour? And Jimmy brought this point up. It's the reverse. Discounting underutilized time, which sounds amazing to incentivize more customers to come. Or are we, quote, penalizing People when we're too busy? Are we gouging the consumer? You mm-hmm. know, and, and this is where again, not to bring politics in, but you bring in the whole gouging laws and you know, when there was a hurricane or COVID, when there was the pandemic and people were buying alcohol and charging outrageous rates for it. I don't know where where do you draw the line between doing what's right for the consumer and the business. Right. versus actually taking advantage of a negative situation.
2: I, I, li- I like how with the physical therapy comparison, how Tony yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, wrote about, and, and Tony has mentioned this, by the way, like at least on and off for at least a couple of years about yeah. charging, either charging more for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, outpatient PT, or charging less, like a right. either charge more. And I think Tony had different phrases of like, uh, I don't know, like like busy hours or or something like that, or popular hours or charging less of a fee for Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. We all know that it is busier in a lot of outpatient clinics in most across the country, even the ones in Jersey and Brooklyn, where I've been Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the mornings. And it depends on how you frame it. Like you said, Tony, like, is it more expensive on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and and you charge like an extra surcharge? Or do you say that it's discounted if you're Tuesday afternoon, Uh, Or Thursday afternoon. And I love. it really just depends on the framing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, some folks are going to have some rash reaction to something like this. But I think the framing can also help.
0: So this is where now I want to go one level deeper. It's like Inception. I want to go with the dream within the dream. Was this a gaffe by Wendy's or is this genius? And here's where I just I'll peel back one layer of the onion. These pricing models exist right now in your town. Wendy's just came out and they said they were going to do it a different paradigm. They were going to do it in a different industry. You ever go to a movie at uh, 7 p.m.? You pay one price to see the new Top Gun. You pay. You go to that movie at 1 in the afternoon, you pay a different price. That's called a matinee, my friends. You want, uh, you want an IPA at uh, 5 o'clock in the afternoon right after work? You pay one price. You want to go there and get the IPA at 9 o'clock? for the ipa that's a different price we call that happy hour now if you read what they were actually saying again and again this is a response to their response someone grabbed it and said surge pricing what wendy's was saying in my what i read it after i again sift through the rage because all three of us love to watch the rage and then we go what's the actual story these guys are they're not dumb right um so what they were, I, what I think they were actually pro- proposing was happy hour. They were saying if you get if we have a, if we have a low time but we're paying our staff to be here and we have inventory, let's move some square burgers, baby. So if we're dead, we can we are we now can tweet out dollar burgers off in in a geo fenced area to move product. That's actually helping people. So I think in my mind I, the rage is unfounded, but I'm going to go even one layer deep here's the thing. They didn't give it a name. It sounds really dumb, but if you read all the releases, Uber called it surge pricing, right? And I learned this in radio. If you want to do a bit or something recurring on your show, the first bit of advice I got was give it a name because now it's a thing. They never named it.
2: So you're saying it's a gap, then. What's that? So you're saying it's a gaffe then if they didn't name it.
0: I don't know because they're they're definitely getting some I mean, you know, go to go to the trending now on 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 Twitter or any of those things. They're getting buzz out of it. and there's no press like bad press because this is gonna happen. This is happening. But here we go, one level deeper. could this be if you want to build a thousand houses in your town, you go to the board and you tell me you want to build five thousand houses and you let them talk you down to a thousand. So could this be, The the initial splash to ride the wave. I I don't. This is this is a great like. This is something to have a conspiracy theory about. Is this an accident or is this on purpose for Wendy's? But my my hot my my bottom line take is there This is happy hour for burgers and fries. That's what this is. Their job is to get people to like them and buy stuff from them. This is not um. This is not an accident. This is on purpose. Every step. I don't know, but these guys at this level don't screw up that bad. So my guess is they knew it was happening. And by you, I, by you raging, they're playing into it.
1: I would go back to last week's episode. Winston Churchill never let a good crisis go to waste. I don't think it was intentional. I think somebody who just was so deep into it said, hey, this would be awesome. Let's let's put up a digital board. Let's change prices. Let's Let's make it more attractive for consumers to come when we don't have – Uh, Other customers there. I told my person. So I go to great clips to get a haircut. I I tell every single woman that cuts my hair. It's mostly women at great clips. Look, if you guys would just send me a text, create your own list, send me a text, say, Hey, I'm sitting here. There's nobody here. I'll give you a, a dollar off or I'll get you in right now i would come every time and it's this is exactly what wendy's was trying to do so in your mind in my mind and our collective minds were like this is amazing we're offering value we're helping the consumer we're doing all these great things but just like winston churchill said i think one the person who wrote the bit said hey this is too boring we we can't promote wendy's for doing something nice Let's light the fire and get some attention on this. We're going to turn it to surge pricing. We're going to crucify Wendy's for raising prices, not lowering them. And that got more attention for the media that they were pushing out. Their article is going to get more shares. They're going to get more eyeballs, sell more ads. I think it was an innocent kind of decision on Wendy's part that got turned upside down by the media company.
2: Yeah. In terms of genius or gift, <clears throat> Tony, do you think that they should come back out and name it? Do you think they should come back out and say They're going like discounted uh, something? I don't know. Discounted mm. window, uh, yeah. you know, discounted burgers or, or something that is framing it differently.
1: They already ripped off the Band-Aid. Why not? Like absolutely come out with something like to. that. Now, I totally forgot. you sells square hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> this is right in line. They could leverage that to say we're different. We're not the other two. This is how we we are different from the look, rest.
0: Look at their Twitter feed. I mean, their Twitter feed is infamous. They just roast people. They took the word roast. Are you guys familiar with their Twitter feed?
1: I wish I was on Twitter. I made an there, account, and I can't there. get back into it, and I haven't taken the time to, to get back on. Tony
0: got banned from Twitter. <laughs> uh, their Twitter feed is infamous it is the opposite of the logo that you see, right? The logo that you see is this redhead with pigtails and sweet. And they went with our burgers are roasted or framed, yeah. whatever. So their whole thing is like, they essentially, they have to, they have like a team of comedians, like harsh, uh, but they're like, they're like the toughest, sharpest tongue on the block. And it's, it's sort of a juxtaposition, but it works because it doesn't work. It is the opposite of what you would expect. So they're going to name it something. They probably had, had the name in, in mind all the time. But this is happy hour. This is matinee. How could you use this? I know ideas are like saw blades. This is where I come into it. This was like the first time you heard Guns and Roses, you were like, we can never play this on the radio. And then 20 years later, it's playing in your dentist's office lobby. Ideas and songs and concepts are like saw blades. Sharp in the beginning, but after time, they sort of dull and they get a little safer. This concept is already safe. This is happy hour and matinee. How could you use it for your healthcare business? You could easily use it uh, to your healthcare business, like Dave could say. I'm in your neighborhood. I know I'm scheduled to see you tomorrow. What if I gave you? I could if I stop by now, we could get that out of the way, and I could give you a discount. And then so, you need to pay it in person an extra day.
1: Talking about that because again, this is the these are universal concepts, so applied all businesses. Right. Um, I've always talked about mobile therapists, mobile PTs, OTs. If I was in the landscaping uh lawn cutting business and I had a client in a neighborhood the first thing I would do is I would reach out to every single house on the block and say, look, if you guys come together, you buy a package. (laughs) I always think in my head, I see the guy on the lawnmower starting at the end of the block and just cutting every lawn Mm -hmm. in one straight line back and forth. But the idea is I would offer a discount if you just got 10 of your neighbors together and you guys talk to each other and you buy in bulk, I would do the same thing if I was a mobile PT look, if I'm in an apartment building, a condo, a community, you get your neighbors together, neighbors that sweat together, stick together. Uh-huh. Um, I would <laughs> use that tagline.
0: <laughs> and
1: that's exactly what I would start doing. Um, but real quick for people listening to this before we hit the next topic. So one, one of the big things that therapists always say, why you cannot charge different rates. First thing is they talk about insurance. Well, Obviously, we're talking about cash pay clients in a hybrid model or in a cash pay model. Second thing is they say, well, how do you differentiate? What do you do? I would simply say, look, okay, if if I'm not going to charge more for premium time slots, I'll raise the price across the board. Every time slot is three hundred and fifty dollars but I'm going to discount the 2 p.m. time slots because I have a hard time in my clinic selling 2 p.m. spots. It's before the kids get out of school. It's later than my geriatrics want to come. 2 p.m. in my clinic is just a dead time. But then also what I would do is I would just create a membership. So you want to join my membership, premium service membership. What that does is it gives you uh, early access to the schedule. You get first access. So if you want to book that Uh, 10 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday spot. Premium members get to choose it first. With that, you also get access to me through email, access to me through text. You can call my cell phone. You get all of these things. Funny thing is, every therapist watching this probably says, well, I already do that stuff for free. Yeah, you probably do. It's unfortunate, but you probably give that value away and your client doesn't even appreciate it. If you want them to recognize it, put a price tag on it and see how much they appreciate it.
0: The first time you do it, it's crazy. And the next time it's not as crazy. And the 50th time you do it, it's normal. Uh, let's pay it forward here. Dave, help me set this up. Pay it forward. It starts with you. This is your idea. This is the
1: thing you pointed out you thought was a good idea.
2: No, this was Tony's, I thought.
1: Well, you, you brought it up. You brought it back to the top. So, uh, talk, talk about your recent, your your video that you shared, I think, yesterday or the day before
2: remind me. I can't because re- I had something else that I didn't even run by you guys that I was going to cover. So oh, well,
1: Okay. So, so let's hit this real quick. So Dave yesterday was talking about right. a practice that was charging $45,000 for a plan of care. It wasn't just physical therapy, but it was a persistent pain management recovery thing. One of the elements in this was they utilize GoFundMe to help their clients pay for their services. So now you know what I'm talking about. Take it from here. Uh
2: so yeah, that I mean, that episode was more of uh, the GoFundMe plans that this practice would help their prospective patients set up a GoFundMe. Um, but the the pay it forward thing, Tony also commented about it where you could have something like this. And and Tony did suggest like a GoFundMe. And I said I, I had to look into it because I was like, I thought GoFundMe's were like you had a goal of like a certain dollar amount and like a certain time frame. So like a closed-end campaign. Uh, but then I looked into it, and yeah, GoFundMe you can kind of have like an open-ended GoFundMe campaign, right? right?
0: That more, so that's Go... more Kickstarter. The goal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, Kickstarter is more like closed, close-ended, and, and and GoFundMe is more open-ended. So, um, so Tony kind of mentioned like practices could potentially have some type of a GoFundMe open-ended allocation for maybe current or previous patients or just random folks in the community to make some donations into this GoFundMe campaign. And your prospective patients that truly need your services, that maybe can't afford it, or they don't have insurance, or they, if you're cash, 100% cash, and they can't afford your out-of-pocket cash rates, they can maybe pull from this GoFundMe, uh, these funds to utilize your services. Now, of course, you could have some paper trail of who used what and all the documentation like you would normally do anyway. Um, But it could be a way for more folks to utilize your services that truly need it. They want it, they value it, but they just don't have the financial resources for it.
0: There was a restaurant that did the, like this great concept and they were famous for it. It was like, you know, if you bought a burger and you wanted to buy one and they would take a post-it note and put it on the wall and then someone just had to walk in who didn't have the funds and they'd take it off the wall and that that burger was paid for. So it's kind of the same comf- concept of pay it forward. Remember when that movie came out with Helen Hunt of this concept of pay it forward? It was like, whoa, wait, oh, a little ripple could lead to a, you know, a big tidal wave if enough people did it.
1: Yeah, I I think we see lots of examples. There was a shoe company, you guys probably remember, where if you buy a pair of shoes, they would donate, huh? Tom's, Tom's shoes. Yeah, Tom's, they would donate a pair of shoes. Um, So I remember years ago, like, first, if you guys are watching after this episode, go to Dave Kittle's show on YouTube, watch Dave's video from yesterday. If you want to learn how to sell a $45,000 plan of care, go check it out, because he did a great job explaining it and showing examples. But to this concept, years ago, it was 2022 when I shared the post. I was just like, hey, we have people that have an abundance of revenue and money that they're never going to spend before they die. Their kids are taken care of. Everybody is doing well. They want to do things that make them feel good. I know for myself, there are so many charities out there that you just don't feel connected to. You don't know how much money is wasted. You don't know where it's going. But like if I can go to a place where... I love the team. I love the staff. I, knew th- I know they're doing great things. And I know that if I pay two or three times what my plan of care might be worth, that they'll extend that to other individuals. Now, like Jimmy, I think you just said, yeah, we should make that public information. Of course, there are people who want to donate and be private. That's totally fine. But the people that get the help they should be willing to share their experience and say, hey, look, this was so amazing. These are the only guys I I know who do this. Um, And I think you could absolutely run a cash-based program where people donate additional to what their plan of care costs. And that extra money goes into a fund that helps people. I get calls all the time. People who don't have insurance or they're underinsured, they're looking for ways to get an evaluation or something else that they need. We have systems in place that we can manage that expense, but a lot of other providers don't don't even think about it. This is a great option.
0: Yeah. Here's why this works. Have you guys ever seen this? Have I ever shown this to you? This is the B2C value pyramid. I stole this from a really expensive consulting company because they have it on their website. (laughs) And the idea here is you get to hit that thing at the top of the pyramid, which is self-transcendence, right? people get to feel like their nickel is going somewhere. This is why when you're at the supermarket checkout in like early November, they're saying, Hey, round up to make a change. So round up. If you spent, you know, $91 and 12 cents, they'll round up to the next dollar amount and they'll donate that difference to a food pantry. And the idea is that what you do can actually change the world Two two big companies. You mentioned it, one of them, which is Tom's Tom's shoes. When you buy a pair of shoes, they're going to give one away somewhere in the world. Bombus is a sock company. They have the same idea. I'm not sure why we're fascinated with changing the world with feet, but we are very focused on the feet there. But the idea here is this is also set up like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Functional, emotional, life-changing, social impact. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can check out the live stream to see what I'm talking about, the graphic. But can you help people do that? And the answer is very simply, yes. And if you're not, you are leaving an opportunity for people to feel a part of you, your organization, or the world on the table.
2: And I I like what Tony said about the like almost like a video testimonial and you should have in the paperwork for the folks that want to take up that offer that maybe they don't have insurance, they don't have the financial resources, whatever. I think you should basically have them sign like as part of this offering, you are kind of or basically required to agree to a video testimonial uh, where we take video during the plan of care and or after the plan of care about your experience. And then that then you could also then share that on the gofundme right. page or on your website and elsewhere but getting that buy-in for the video testimony and if someone doesn't want to be on video like maybe maybe you still onboard them maybe you don't but it would be great to have that as part of the agreement to have them do it
0: here's why i know that works a really really expensive uh, app called doordash i don't i i just noticed it maybe it's maybe it's not a new feature but i was given an option after i bought like a pizza it was like if you take a picture of the of the food and you share it with a review and we use it on the site we'll give you five bucks to use or whatever 10 bucks to use a uh, uh, DoorDash credit and i was like well yeah i'll do that like if i like the food why wouldn't i do that they put it in front of me and they made it simple to do had they been like hey go get a review and if we find the review we'll email now it was in the app it was part of the checkout process boom your order's on the way thanks hey by the way take a picture of it and the, and the prompt came up again when they were like, your Dasher is at your door. It was like, by the way, if you click here and take the picture and we use it, um, we'll give you you know, 10 Dasher bucks, by the way, there's Dasher bucks. Like they gave it a name, see Wendy's, so you got to give it a name and then people can't hate it as much.
1: Kohl's cash. My wife Kohl's loves Kohl's, Kohl's, Kohl's cash.
2: My God, the Kohl's <laughs> cash.
1: So Dave, it. we stole your topic. What was your topic? What, what did you topic? want to talk about?
2: All right, I have I have something interesting I think you're both going to love it it's a <clears throat> a low budget marketing idea Love and love they, you're you're you so this guy New York Nico on Instagram have you ever heard of New York Nico he's a oh. movie documentary uh up and coming uh director producer he'll submit his work to like things like the Tribeca Film Festival and things like that The reason why I'm bringing it up he made a uh, a short a, a video short Uh, called Out of Order. It was with a guy in New York City running around. He had to use a restroom and he couldn't find a public restroom. He was going to restaurants and places to use the restroom. And they're like, well, you're not a customer. And he had like no cash on him or something. And it was like a stupid, like funny, like quirky documentary. Leading up to that, he posted on his Instagram. So he's got, let me pull it up. He's got 1.4 million followers. So he's got a big following. So as the un- uh, the marketing to the documentary that was like indirect. He had posted multiple videos of older folks in New York city protesting things like we need more public bathrooms. We need more public bathrooms. It didn't mention the documentary in the near future right. at all, at all in the, right. in the caption, in the video. And it was these older, these older folks that turns out that they're all like older comedians in New York city. I didn't know this, but um people were commenting like, is this real? Like, is like, what is that? Like, and like these signs are too nice. Like these types of older guys would not have made these nice protest signs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it got so much comments. It got so much engagement. And it, in the the first video, it was like, this looks like older guys are actually spending time in New yes. York City protesting that there's no public restrooms. And then there was like a couple more videos and then people were commenting like, this isn't real because they were like picking it apart. Like these must be hired actors from like off Broadway and like this and that. It got more and more engagement. And really I was
0: surprised.
2: I thought it was so funny. And then I thought, if you were a brick and mortar practice, right. I wanted to kick this over to I wanted to kick this over to Tony and Jimmy. If a brick and mortar practice had a low budget where you could hire some student actors or whatever, the student actors protest a fake protest in front of your physical therapy clinic with. White coats as fake surgeons saying, "Your patients canceled our surgeries. Your patients canceled our surgeries," and it would be a you know tongue-in-cheek fake protest about the value of this physical therapy practice. Maybe it gets picked up on the news. I mean, right. the, the New York Nico thing was literally picked up on news. It was reshared on multiple popular city uh, accounts. What would be the worst case scenario that some physicians get pissed off and irritated? Yeah practice did this and then stopped referring to you i think this is something up jimmy's alley and i think because tony has a lot of physician relationships with the knee replacements and the cuff repairs i don't think this would be something for tony i think this would be something for jimmy right. What do you guys
0: think I think Tony and Jimmy would do better together. So here's my thing. What's the villain? The cool part about this guy is he fought no access. His villain in the in the story, the tension was no access. And if you've been to New York, try to take a leak. Like, it's really hard. In fact, I think there's an app out there that shows you the best public restrooms in New York, right? Yeah, it'll get you there in stars. Um, I don't know if I would make physicians the evil one. And something that popped into my head is a chain email. Thank God we don't send as many chain emails, right? Forward this within five minutes, or you'll you know you'll die. Remember those things? There was a there was a chain email that would go around because my dad sent it to me like fifty thousand times when he first got an email account. It was like we're now charging money, like the U.S. Postal Service is now going to charge like stamps for emails. So there it was the thing. It was like, really, it was, it was big government. They made big government, like sort of like the anti and that got spread around. I don't know. I would say, what's the thing? Is it, I, I don't know what the thing is with physical therapy. I would need to understand. And then what's the villain. And then how do we play that? It's very clear in this case, it gets murkier with healthcare and physical therapy. Tony, what are you like? What, what's the villain? Cause you want to be the hero. You want to be the solution. Right. Yeah. So now we're using Donald Miller story, brand. I'm trying to figure out the villain and what's the what's the goal in this? How do we play with this? But I like this idea because it's not clear.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. You you went way deeper than me. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I, I don't think any of my surgeon referral sources would care at all because they know oh, people really? would still get the surgery. It's not wow. gonna affect them financially. Exactly. Uh it, it reminds me of the old um Who is the guy? Your prices are so low, it's insane from Appreciate New York. It. Crazy
0: Eddie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Eddie. Just for some reason, it reminded me of a commercial like that. Um, But, but also what it made me think of was the whole idea of therapists secretly writing letters to Congress to try and make change as opposed to what this guy is doing, which is like Jimmy said, find the villain, get it out in the public, show how it affects real people in real time. Um, that's going to have a way bigger impact than yes, a therapist sending an email to a Congress person who doesn't care and is never going to read it. But I, I think it's a great le- uh, platform to leverage change.
0: Yeah. I worked in radio in Northeast Pennsylvania. So it was like, what's the emotional thing we can touch? There was a band when I was there breaking Benjamin that had come from Northeast Pennsylvania. So like that area of the country, the area of the radio station I was running, that was their, They made it. They were one of us, and now they're here, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they they're big time. So of course, we, you know, the radio station was sort of friendly with the band. Uh, at the end of March, early April, Fool's Day, we're like, this is, this is our touch point. So we had this big, like, press release sounding PSA that said, you know, due to some contractual issues with their record company, blah 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 records, we're no longer going to be able to play Breaking Benjamin, but so we're going to play the crap out of them. At the end of, you know, through, through, through the next 48 hours, if you'd like to sign the petition, go to 979x.com to sign it. And then you went, you put your name and your email address in it. And when you hit uh, enter, it was like April Fool's. But we were able to track how many people fell for the gag. And then when you fell for the gag, we had the ability to share the page because now you want your friend to fall for the gag too because you don't want to be the only person with egg on your face. So we figured out who the villain was. We made the evil record company uh, the villain but they don't again like surgeons the record company didn't care you're playing the crap out of our song doesn't matter you're still get you got to come to us to buy it i don't know that i understand where the villain is in this to touch it but I, now i want to know it's when you threaten to take something away or when you threaten to tax something that shouldn't be taxed right when i have to pay to do something like you know um like stand, like pay for squats squats are illegal can't you can't just be doing squats without supervision or you know you can't do those things I don't know but I like touching an emotion this touches an emotion um with public bathrooms because we've all been there
2: yeah cool. uh, I I wasn't sure you know I, I wasn't sure if that was something that would like connect the two but <clears throat> even with the Wendy's thing that that with the media component of that i was like i i brought this up i was like this would be something like as like a segue to like media and like public response and you know who knows
0: because the media only the public response and media only works if people care and like there's so many things to care about right like someone said uh there's always going to be a leading cause of death right so it's like oh what does that mean it's like to get people to pay pay attention and spend time you've really got to You've got, to, you've got to cut through the noise. You've got to touch a nerve, an emotion. Otherwise, they will ignore you. Him just putting up movie posters or even doing something cute, right? He could have like went out and put out-of-order uh, uh, door hangers like in hotels on a bunch of different uh, um, uh, bathrooms in New York with a QR code or something like that. But that would have like confused people. This was very clear. I don't like this. This sucks. And you're like, yeah, I don't like it. And he had the next level thing, which is this real or is this not real?
1: So. so I think I think we can see a trend here with touching that emotion, touching that nerve, getting attention. We had the Wendy's thing with Dave. I, I think you could totally turn that into the insurance company's the villain. I think you could have the surgeons out there protesting. You can have the therapists preventing surgeries by getting people better. But at the end of the day, everybody loves to throw the insurance company under the bus. That could be a topic for next week because I've been sharing some controversial content on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want, to but, positive,
0: um, I want to end on a positive note today. That's where we're going.
1: Yeah. So a positive spin, uh, talking about therapists, leaving the profession, you know, Dave and I, and I think Jimmy, you were there too. We were talking about that article, talking about PT shortages, staffing shortages. Yep. We were talking about everybody's challenge in hiring and finding staff. Um, so with that, LinkedIn post, what I did was I, I had this idea and I said, there's got to be, I typically am an optimist by heart. And I know that things happen for a reason. It's usually a good reason, even when it looks like a negative outcome. So I started talking to chat GPT and I was like, Hey, this is what's going on. These are my thoughts, you know, h- help me arrange this in a way that communicates to other people. And so between chat GPT and I, we put that together. And I really do believe. So as we see this exodus, right, we see therapists who can't make enough money in therapy, who are leaving for tech jobs, who are leaving for other jobs. I still think they're the same person at heart. They're still the same person who wants to help people who want them, who want to make change. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to see those people leave. We're going to see them do better. We're going to see them bring back innovation and new ideas, new concepts that might completely change the profession for a good, you know, for the better. Um, but I do think it's a good thing for them to leave because if they stay, that just breeds that burnout, that anger, that frustration. Yeah. It goes down the drain. So, so that was my most popular LinkedIn post this week was a positive spin on therapists leaving the profession and I do I think it's going to be it's going to benefit all of us
0: this is why this is like the opposite but the same idea of uh, I did an episode a while ago just I call them PT weirdos they're like people like me who like didn't go to college and then grad school then become a PT it's like you did something somewhere else I can't even if I try I can't I can't not. Yeah. I'm not able to look at something and not look at it through a media person's eyes. It, it, it frustrates me when I work on projects with organizations and we move at company speed because I came from an industry where like, you're on the air at three o'clock. I don't care what you need. You're on the air at three. We go. And a lot of organizations, especially in communications or PR are come from a Well, we don't need to go on the air. So don't. And I'm like, well, that's where innovation comes from, right? Necessity is the mother of invention. It's like, The best ideas, the best things that have happened have been because no pressure, no diamonds. You're on the air at three, let's go. It's act. The phrase is act as if, act as if this mattered. And then people will believe it mattered. With Wendy's, give it a name and people will be able to understand it. If they had called it matinee pricing, nobody would have had a problem with it. But also not as big of a buzz. So again, I'm not sure if this is an accident or not. I'm not gonna, I'm looking at Wendy's going, I see, I still think it's a, it's a, uh, Uh, strategy last year i did a charity event in uh in san diego for csm and there was a free event in the san diego children's museum anybody could come but then at eight o'clock i think the party started and you had to leave if you didn't have a wristband you had to go you had to physically go outside that's the only way we can control it and somehow at 755 there a fire alarm went off and some people have actually suggested that maybe i have been part of because i was like how do you get 300 people to leave a building willingly on time like a fire i mean so but do you think i could manipulate a fire alarm would that ever could that ever happen that's not good of course i would never do i would never do that so i'm not
2: condoning that
0: not condoning that i'm neither confirming nor denying if that actually happened but people asked and i was just like what are you talking about that was convenient though. that fire alarm went off at 758 and we had to clear the (laughs) party to clear everybody by eight o'clock Um, so I would say it's a positive spin is we need new ideas. We do. We absolutely do. You can't, Einstein said, you can't solve your way out of a problem with the same thinking that got you into the problem. So let it go. This is my monkey, my monkey bar idea. You got to let go of the old before you can swing towards the new. You can't, otherwise you're just doing this. And that's, I don't know what this is, but it's weird.
1: Dave, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean. Like you, I would say you've moved out of being a 40 hour a week PT, right? And I think since you've moved out of that position, I mean, the reality is most PTs are just too busy. We're too busy to innovate. We're too busy to think if you're treating patients, documenting after hours, you're wow. in the clinic every single day, you're putting every ounce of energy into your patient care. What's left over is probably going to family. There's nothing left to innovate. And so you can't, you can't learn on that it. treadmill.
0: Tony said it like the worst person to be uh, the run-up PT business is the PT treating. You can't, I'm not saying you can't do both, right? Beware of people who say always, never can't, but like Dave's got to be reading stuff. Like he's got to be learning things. He's got to have his finger on the pulse of like, well, how can I innovate to pay my therapist more, earn more lower costs? And you couldn't, it would be, I shouldn't say couldn't, it'd be very difficult for you to do that at the capacity you need to be a business owner and a leader. While you're treating patients 40 hours a week, I'm not saying you can't do any of it, but they're neat you need to spend time learning that stuff.
1: This this wasn't on today's agenda, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially for practice owners. Why or where did we think that we could be a great clinician, right? Most of us leave uh employment somewhere because we want to do things our way and we want to be better therapists and we want to grow and earn more money and But I'm like, there are full-time CEOs. Mm -hmm. There are full-time marketing individuals. There are full-time billers. There are full-time, every position in the business. Why do I think, and I'm going to use me as the example, that I could be great at all of those things? Like, is it just pure ignorance? And I would say it was on my part. I don't know what I don't know. So I think, oh, well, I can start a business. Anybody could start a business. So I quit my job, I started yeah. my business and then I realized, oh, <laughs> maybe I bit off more than I could chew because now I'm treating 40 hours a week and I'm running a business and I'm cleaning the toilets and I'm trying to market and I'm trying to do accounting and bookkeeping and hiring and firing and payroll and all of those things. Um, I, I just think we need to put the brakes on for a second, look at the, the landscape of what's going on and say, hey, maybe I'm not as good as I think at 50 different professions. And if I really want to focus on one, that's what I'm going to focus on.
0: The phrase, and there's trending audio right now on Instagram. It's a great trending audio sort of campaign. That's what I like about Instagram is you can use the same audio, but you put your spin on it. And there's one, especially for females right now. And in the trending sort of reels, it's the audio is how hard could it be? Boys do it. Boys do it. And then there's females doing whatever playing hockey running ceos d- deadlifting whatever so i think the phrase is how hard could it be like i watched a boss do it he doesn't I'm, i've hung out with him for a year or two he's not 10 times smarter than me how hard could it be and it's the iceberg it's like you're right you don't need to be a super genius to do this but you can't be half pregnant Yeah. right so it's like i'm either doing this or i'm not and i'm sure there are some strange individuals who can do both but I bet you those strange individuals who can do both would be even better at doing it. If that's what they did, if that's what they focused on, if that's what they eat, sleep and breathed.
2: Well, and, and I agree with Tony. I think it's, it's definitely some of the ignorance or the ego. component. But then also like for me, um, you know, my parents both have and had, have, uh, had, have uh, small businesses. So like my dad has a tree service uh, and my mom has like a, a direct mail marketing company. And so, I've always respectfully and hopefully they don't listen to this. I've looked at them and I was like, I mean, if they can run a small business themselves, uh, why? Of course, like it, it gave me extra—I don't know—extra like motivation that I could do it. And I saw the inner workings, the behind the scenes, the day to day, and all that. Maybe that allows me to step into this, you know, entrepreneurial world over time and, and just have more confidence or know where to find resources and all that versus someone that is also stepping into this with just the ignorance and the ego, but doesn't have the history of someone in their family or someone nearby where they saw the day to day, the challenges, the things that need to get done. Like He said the marketing, the accounting, all that. I saw how all that was behind the scenes for two small businesses in a local community. And I was like, of course I could do that. And i like, obviously my goal is to you know be much larger and, and and bigger than that so if someone doesn't have that background of someone in their family or a sibling or someone with a small business that's when i think you can even get more in in trouble or you just have to seek out resources and and, and that will you know cover those weaknesses
0: i was in college and i wanted to own a bar i wanted to open a bar when i was done and then i worked for my uncle for two summers who owned a bar and then i just realized i wanted to go to bars <laughs> <laughs> I was like no I don't want this. But that was a great way to that that was a great way to get paid to learn what I didn't want to do. I was like no I don't I don't want to do any of that. That seems horrible.
2: So, so there's got to be a component also with uh self-awareness. Yes. And with not not IQ but the EQ, the emotional intelligence, the self-awareness is I think part of that whole ego ignorance all that in stepping into a business or entrepreneurship or whatever and you have to have the self-awareness of like Tony said you can't be an expert of all 50 things. So you have to have the self-awareness of like, where do I go for resources, for learning, for help, for support, who do I hire? How do I hire an interview, all that. And, and that's the thing, it's just, it's not one day. It takes like, it's a journey. It's like every day, every week, every month, like you are evolving, you're finding these resources, you're getting better, all of that. Uh, but the self-awareness is a huge component.
0: Yeah, this is, I mean, this is not to get too deep. This is one reason I think I left patient care is things moved slowly. And that's okay, that's good. That's not good for Jimmy. The, the EQ for Jimmy was this is killing me because I'm like, oh my gosh, or people would be like, Well, I'm not really doing that. Can you just rub it? And I'm like, no, get out. Like, <laughs> that's not great, right? But I knew that from me, which is like, this is gonna drive me nuts because I don't operate like this. Probably should have done some research before I went to PT school, huh guys? But I still liked I I still um think it was a good decision for me to go to PT school because I really still believe in the product, the service that we provide but I don't, I shouldn't be the one providing it, but I should, but but, but I'd be a great mouthpiece. Right.
1: And and that's the thing. I think we, you know, we fall into the right spot. I couldn't stay at a hospital as an employee because I wanted to make change and it just Mm. couldn't happen. I, even though I knew things could be better, the upper management wouldn't allow that to happen. So I had to leave that environment. So I think a lot of therapists do find themselves in that position where you're choosing the lesser of two evils. But when you look at the most successful private practice owners, and I'm going to use success in air quotes. If you're watching uh, YouTube, I I would consider myself successful, but I've certainly moved out of 40 hour a week patient care. Um, I, I embraced learning how to run a business, learning how to be a CEO. But when I look at other examples, therapists that I know closely who have said, I know I'm not the best CEO. I know I'm not the best marketer. I'm going to go hire those. They've 10 X their growth compared to mine. I am a hundred times slower and, and I am the bottleneck in growing the business to where it could have been, should have been. But when I see other therapists who are willing to go out and hire those physicians because they know what they're good at, they know what other people are better than them at. Um, they just blew up i mean they just exploded into the multiple millions but you know it is what it is i i'm still happy with where i am i'm content my priorities are in check i believe so we have to know what we truly want it's just, this versus definitely- what you know society might think we should have
2: and also knowing your own capabilities and your own skills and if you don't have it you hire it and that again the self-awareness component that's huge mm-hmm.
1: I
0: agree. All right. Let's wrap this thing up with an idea of parting shot. Unless you guys had anything else you wanted to get into. That's all I had on my list.
1: No, Uh, let's, let's go with Dave. What's your parting shot? Your parting shot. What would you want to leave? Uh,
2: Let's, let's say with the, the Wendy's thing. And then my idea with the, you know, the, the fake protest type thing to get, you know, marketing awareness or attention for your practice nearby. um, Just continue to consume different media outlets that are, How can can you learn from how can you in your practice today, whether you're brick and mortar or mobile, how can you learn from this Wendy's thing? Again, I love it. Was it genius or gas? That's up to you to decide. Uh, Or the idea with the fake protesting and the marketing. How can you use some of these out of the box marketing ideas to just just gain attention? You're not going to necessarily track, you know, evaluations or something like that. How can you get more attention in your community?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, And staying with that out of the box idea it's, you know, leave the profession, whether it's figuratively or literally to find new ideas, to innovate, to figure out how we can do what we want to do, achieve the outcome we want to achieve in maybe a different way. Um, I get all of my best ideas from people that are not in healthcare.
0: Yeah, I would I would say to play off both of those. Well, first of all, I need, I need to slide this in. Did you know that I had a drink? On the menu at 55 different Wendy's locations. I had to bring this up. We were doing well, a, we, every year it?
1: at the top of the
2: show. Every year, <laughs> stay I, with us.
0: Was it about me, people? So every year, my radio station did a thing called Roofathon. I stole that idea from an old radio station I worked with, but then the one I ran, we did Roofathon. We broadcast live from the roof of a Wendy's for three days, raising money for the American Red Cross. Every morning, we do the morning show there. I, as the program director, would get there at four or five o'clock in the morning to make sure everything was good. And every day, the engineer, the guy in charge of the Wendy's locations, and the owner owned like 55 of them, would be like, who wants coffee? And I didn't drink coffee, but he felt, I saw him. He felt bad that he wasn't giving me, he gave all my guys and girls stuff, but he wasn't giving me something. And I was like, I gotta be honest with you, I can't drink hot drinks. I got a really sensitive tongue, guys. What can I say? So I said, you know what? I don't mind coffee, ice cream. What if you threw a Frosty, And coffee ice cream together, and that would cool it off. And then I'm happy. Honestly, I told him to do it just so he'd give me something, just so he'd not feel that bad. He did it. I tried it. It was great. We made a bit about it on the morning show. People started ordering it at different Wendy's look because I gave it a name and I called it the Frosty Chino. Now, people started ordering it that three day weekend. They started making it and they're like, I don't know, we'll charge a buck. And then, oh, by the way, the owner was smart. He pivoted on a dime and said every frosty chino uh, a dollar from it we will charge two bucks every dollar is going to go for the the total because we wanted the total for the american red cross the big reveal to be big and he was in on that he got it and he owned a bunch of locations well it went so well people were asking about it after that weekend and he was on the advisory board for wendy's like the franchisee board he's like here's something that's how things wind up on the menu somebody says something and they try it they tested it out for three months or whatever and it failed Eh, whatever i wasn't getting a nickel per frosty chino anyway Six seven years later, I'm now living in South Carolina doing my prereqs for PT school. What do I see a TV commercial uh, for? The Frosty Chino. They even kept the name, which I will to circle back to. It <laughs> would, if they had, to, if someone had to drive up to a, a drive-through window and talk in the little squawk box and be like, "Can I have that thing?" The radio guy with the ice cream and the coffee. I gave it a name. I, I learned that as a lesson really well. Right? Look at what I just had both of you do. In the, in the beginning of my podcast, I was talking to smart people in PT, people I looked up to and respected. I didn't know how to get them to sort of cut it off. We're done talking. All right. It's the end of the... I didn't want to... I, it felt disrespectful. So I came up with the parting shot. It has the word parting in it, but it's it's a it's a positive thing for them. Hey, as we wrap up, what's your parting shot? What do you want to leave with the audience today? It was my egress. Did you guys ever hear of the egress? Sure. PT, PT Barnum... Had his side show and you could you pay a ticket and you walk through all these tents and look at the bearded lady and the sword swallower. and you could go backwards and forwards and spend all day. He couldn't get people out. So we had these masses of people. So he put up a sign around this corner. Come see the egress. So you turn the corner past a velvet rope past a bouncer and realized egress in latin means exit so you saw the egress and you want to come back through into the beard lady you got to pay another nickel my friend so if you give it a name it's sort of it's step one in becoming real doesn't mean it's going to be successful but it it become the intangible becomes tangible then so i think wendy's big error here was not giving it a name matinee prices square hour something to do with wendy's uh they didn't do that but again i think they're devious enough i think they didn't do that on purpose so when they reveal the real name it's got, it's on an even bigger uh, wave. I'm going to release this on the podcast. Here's what we're doing. We're doing this every single Thursday, Thursday morning, 830. These guys are busy. I work for my house, um, but we're doing this live stream. Where we, essentially, I think the format really is we each bring one topic or idea from the last seven days and then chew on it. But then my take isn't the only take we should take. Maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the opposite take. So we're doing this. I will give people the chance. If you want to throw out something that we maybe want to see on the list, you want to put on the batting order, feel free. I'll put the social uh, the social channels for all of us uh, in the show notes of this podcast episode. So this is where a live stream, if you're going to create marketing for your uh, for your organization, a live stream of us yakking it up for 55 minutes can become a podcast episode. I can run the transcript through ChatGPT, can become a LinkedIn article to summing everything up. We're doing the trick in, in public and we're showing you how we do the trick. It's not a trick. It's actually just be- best practices. So if there's something you think we should talk about or you want to hear our spin, give it to us. We'd love to give our spin. That was our parting shot. That's all we got. Are we done now? I don't, I never, see, I, it's my, it's not my show. It's a third of our show, but that's good. All right. So uh, next week, same bat, ta- uh, bat channel, same bat time, live on all of our uh, social channels, 830 Eastern on Thursdays. Gentlemen, thanks for coming aboard.
2: Thank you.